Welcome back, buddy. How's it going? What's up, man? Yeah, you could have blamed it on the storm, though. Uh, so. That's true. And I still can. Yeah. It is still storming. So if at any point I mess this up, that's what we'll blame it on. Oh, or a ghost. I don't know. Well, yeah. Like... <laughs> you know what? I, anything but me taking the blame, right? Isn't that what it boils down to? It's like there is a spooky ghost. I don't know, man. It's a ghost machine. No. I've somehow got into uh, spooky TikTok, and I get lots of ghost stories oh and, and, and videos and stuff. So that's always entertaining. There's a lot of um, different types of mini universes on TikTok. Yeah, apparently, yeah. I'm in a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Let's see what I'll, I've got. ADHD TikTok. Um, I've got. Uh, oh man, what else am I in? I get all like I said the um, man in red shirts. <laughs> Yeah, this is the this is the episode where we we're both wearing red shirts. This is the episode we that we oh, both no. die in. Oh yeah, we both go out. I hope there's a captain that can stand in. Uh, oh man, but yeah, TikTok is is my my like I'm fascinated by this algorithm, right? Because mm -hmm. it, like and and it's so funny too because everybody's like, oh, it's the dancing app, right? But that's what you see at first. No. And, but then yeah. as soon as you start to like things, share things, you know, mm -hmm. search for things, it real quickly is like, this is what you like. And then every now and then it'll throw something in be like, what about this? I'm like, mm -mm. it's like, all right, all right. Well, you know, and then later on something else, what about this? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Well, yeah, there's, uh, that, the algorithm that they have, uh, there's, there's actually, there's like white papers and stuff on that. Right. Like mm -hmm. I've heard of that are like, it's actually, uh, with within 45 seconds or something like that, or so many scrolls, they'll have your user, like your cohort identified Man. and have you like loaded up. Cause yeah. that's like the most important thing they have. Like that's the, like if you were to, um, something I guess I didn't really consider when I was entering games cause it was not relevant at all. <laughs> it becomes relevant once you start uh, helping run studios and stuff is like, you know, what what value does this studio have if it doesn't make the game that it's making mm. right okay you know what i mean yeah. so it's like can we stand on our own right so it's like an interesting topic right it's like are we creating like value right here right um yeah so i think that that's something you have to consider yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> And that's not always the case, right? Sometimes you're, I don't know, make sure you're not hacking your games together. That's a really important thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, that that's an interesting kind of thought when, and is an important one when a, when a studio tries to change what they're working on, right? When you think about, mm -hmm. you know, a studio mm -hmm. like Bungie going from Halo to does this industry trust us enough to let us do something that's not Halo, right? And that's a big yeah. kind of question you have to like, that, that you know, rolls into that is like, do we think we can be successful, uh, you know, aside from the thing that we are famous for? Yeah, I don't know. A Halo has been a rough ride, huh? Yeah, ever since it left there, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, from what I, from what I understand, uh, you know, they had serious changes in leadership, uh, and direction. Yeah. Uh, in and around the pan, I mean, we all got hit by the pandemic, yep, in, in like crazy ways, right? Um, but they, I guess, their vision holder changed a bit. Like, I think, and I, I remember some of this, like, way back on Madden, you get some of this where it's like, I think you get this, like, yeah, we're gonna make this one game forever syndrome, and like, I think they had it really bad. Mm. Uh, this is a secret that I, I'm 
I think I can just share. I think I can just share. Because uh, it's like years and years now. But the original working title for Madden 25 mm-hmm. was going to, which was the launch title for Gen 4, uh, was going to be Madden 1. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I, mm-hmm. I think that was around the time I was at EA. And, and mm-hmm. I remember them saying something about basically, let's start over. And they, and to be fair, they have changed the, the numbering a few times at this point. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. but yeah, the idea was like, oh, it's the Xbox One and it'll be like Madden One and like always online. <laughs> like, we're just going to make that leap, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I'm, it's a lot more complicated. Uh, than, <laughs> there, there's that. The other thing people always, I see people always fall into is are like, speaking of Marvel, they're like, yeah, let's do the Marvel thing. We're like, we'll make this game, and then we'll make this game, and then we'll make a third game, and then like the fourth game will like have all this technology that'll be like all together, right? That's such a good idea, right? It'll be like a Marvel movie. <laughs> I'm like, you said Marvel way too many times for me to take that idea seriously. Nothing yeah. against Marvel, I love it, but it's like, <laughs> it's like if you can't dig any deeper into that and tell me like what's actually resonating for you, like that's that's a little bit of a concern, right? Like it's more than just superheroes are in the movies, man. Like we need to, uh, yeah. Man, dude, that that has tangentially reminded me of a time that one of our GMs at a prior studio clearly read like the first chapter of a book about how to how to do something, and then was like, "Hey, we're gonna do this now." I was like, "Come on, man!" Like, <laughs> yeah, the one that gets me every time, and I've actually seen this over and over again at different studios. And you probably, I don't know, you don't have to sell out Insomniac. You can just say no comment. But it's like this, like uh, top down, bottom back up goals alignment thing, mm-hmm. and then they call it like uh, what's it? There was like it's like it's originally from like IBM made it. It's like what's oh. This one company made it popular and then everybody has to, you know, uh, like, and there's like seminars on it. Right. And it, mm. and it's like, yeah, okay. I get the idea of like alignment of goals, right? Like we should all be, you know, make it the same place and like razors and things like that. These are all really good ideas, but like process ideas, but like this whole idea that we're all going to go into like work day and like, I'm sure those of you who have not done this, it's like an HR tool where you can like put in your hours and stuff. It's not really yeah. connected to like anything else you do. <laughs> for making the game right and right. Team, any yeah game it's completely like uh like employee side stuff right uh, right and that's like your pro- employee profile management right right uh so and then you go in there and it's and it's the same it was the same at yay and 2k and all these other places right and they think, yeah, because there's this book that's like managing that's right managing for results is what they call it mm. they're all managing for results and like there's a snappy book and it's like only so, and it's like, they always like, Oh, it's under a hundred pages. <laughs> like, and then everybody and the managers get a copy and there's like training and whatever. And then like immediately it never gets followed like anywhere <laughs> because it's like, because no one's cause, cause it doesn't actually work practically. Right. Cause it's yeah. like, okay, the, the top line goal is ship the game. It always ends up being ship a game. Right. It's not increased operational, you know, uh, efficiency by a certain per- it's not like that kind of environment we're in. right yeah i mean <laughs> it, it's that book is also from the 60s right so right. Yeah, like, right. uh, some things have changed you know but uh, right right <laughs> it, it's always interesting to me when like like most of those kind like I, i'm actually a, a fairly big fan of like self-help and and that kind of those kind of books in that they usually have a nugget of an idea that I can take and be like, mm-hmm. Oh, 
okay, I get that. How does that apply to what I'm doing? Right. It's not, it's not a rule. It, it's an idea and, you know, and something that you can take and, and but the problem is people are like, this is the, what the book says. This is how we have to do this thing. And I'm like, if you've ever been in game development at all, you know that mm-hmm. the second we make a plan, we change the plan, right? Like something is going to change the plan. It's, we need a plan, but we yeah. need to constantly be able to evolve the plan and do what's right. And mm-hmm. even the same plan on two different projects doesn't work, right? Because something's going to mm-hmm. be different. Your team's going to be different. What you're making is going to be different. People's experience levels are different and what they can contribute changes. Like there's just, this is the industry that I've been in or that I've experienced where I see the most of that kind of thing where we, every time it's different. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. I, uh, to agree, I, I think a, a big, <clears throat> a big revelation for me uh, in, when I was learning production uh, was how many people here play strategy games, ta- tactic games? Oh, I'm a big fan. Oh yeah. Like we talked, I think we talked about this before. So, uh, a lot of those games, you have a strate- strategic layer and then the tactical layer. Right. Right. So you have, um, and that's part of the big fun of the game. Um, when we're planning games, because the because the plan is so, uh, <laughs> you might lose a resource forever, person, right? Resource person, or you might get a new one, or they have different abilities and ranges. Or the plan might need that person, and they don't exist on your team yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so it's I think if you step away from like uh like the plan and just having like a surety in that there's like a a very finite thing, but you start to be able to live within ranges of ideas mm. um and then be comfortable with that, right? And you and you start to live with with a with a uh reasonable amount of ambiguity. So like you have known unknowns. Kind of right. Thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's better. And you, and if you say, as long as we have the same strategy going into solving this problem together, uh, and that's separate from how like if when we get down into it and we have to react to things in a tactical way, you and I know that we're going to act the same way too, or we have a we have a that plan versus yeah. our strategic plan or versus our tactical plan. I think that's a way better <clears throat> way to understand. A practically approaching game development and not just assume like yeah like playing around and assuming oh yeah this is just how it is or going to your status update meetings and not mentioning the rest of things that you should be mentioning right yeah. oh you know stuff like you know that kind of thing because just to call it like a specific thing that irks me right it's like and then later at some point you you see that same person get called out you're like well you know <laughs> we could have got ahead of this thing right or <laughs> yeah <laughs> right or like it's like that's what the Risk management is like, uh, I think when I was in full sale, it was like, like it was almost like a tool and less, I guess it was just not treated as important as it maybe it is. Mm. Uh, like, and I think because it's, it's so prescriptive when it's provided to you originally, like, oh, this is a risk registry or something, or like. Or like you can't just talk about things that are bad. You have to talk about them in a certain way. And I think mm. people feel censored uh, when oh. they start to like, uh, like, like if I'm remembering back to that, right? And so, reality is, is that you can think about things. It's actually like think about something that that could go wrong but hasn't yet. And there's no wrong answer actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like. Yeah. 
Like that's, and the closer you are to different parts of it, the more qualified you are than anyone in the world to be able to do that actually. Um, yeah. So I think that's, I think that's a really important thing that if you're earlier on in your career, no matter what team you're on, no matter what role you're in, I think if you're able to help point out things that are like, hey, that thing's paralleling off the ledge. And as long as you're able to point that out and then you get better at being like, and we could turn it this way and we can slow it down and whatever, right? I think that helps contribute both at the tactical level and the strategic level, right? Yeah. But that doesn't lock you into this idea of like, you know, the plan that we put into Slack one time. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. Like we, we have to have a plan, right? But but we know as developers that that plan uh, that this is why I don't like like uh, the design document died years ago right because as soon as we wrote a document it became irrelevant because right. some change was made right because it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a plan right it's it's a strategy right? right and the second like that plan is made generally by people who know what we're trying to get to and have a sometimes intimate, but usually at least a very good knowledge of the people that are going to help execute that plan. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's, but there's so many variables on top of that, right? Like, can those people execute that plan in the way that you think, will it take them the time you thought that it would take them to execute it? Will they be around to do it? Was it a good idea to begin with? Right. Like yeah. when we test it out, we may find out, you know what, that's not as good as we thought, or there's a better idea that comes up down the road. You've got to be willing and ready to make those changes. And and the problem where a lot of crunch and, and these kind of things come in, I think, is when those changes are made without making the appropriate cuts to accommodate that change. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you let it happen, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, it's not like, I've never been in a situation, I've never, to, to your point, I've never been in a situation where we didn't, like, we see it coming. Like, yeah. you know, like somebody knows it's going to, whether or not it was raised up or whatever, like pe- we know what's going to happen. And I think there's, that's the thing that we're going to, that's like our thing to solve, right? That's like our meta thing to solve for yeah. us, right? Is like, like we talked about this a little bit last time, like, the, like our true thing that we have to solve is like making sure that like we're, there's equity, right? And that there's visibility, like there's that everybody knows that making games is possible thing for them when they're yeah. growing up. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Uh, you know, like this, it's like, there's like a whole world of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for what you're talking about for the types of planning, like planning around what change, how much, how many things change all the time. So I actually thought about that a lot. I got, uh, <laughs> I got, uh, when I went from EA to magic leap, uh, that was going from like one of the most structured places to make games that I've ever seen to this day to like com- like like complete madness chaos wait uh, which wait which one was the most like secured the most organized most development organized? yeah yeah the most organized development uh process that I've seen or be a part been a part of uh is was the one that that Tiburon has for Madden. Okay. NFL. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, but from everything I've heard about that, I agree. <laughs> it's a mich- It's like it's like. No, it doesn't exist in a vat. Like it exists because 
it, there's like a, the Madden Black Hole when it finals, right? And all these things, right? That make it possible. You know how those things work yeah. in big studios, but like, but still, like, like because they've made it so many times over and over again. Yeah. Like, there's just like the ancient spreadsheets, right, and things that they have, right? Um, right. And it's not even like, not it's not really repeatable anywhere else. <laughs> it's like in that same way, right? Uh, but it is very much a, a machine. And then there's the offshoot. Uh, I think you just got promoted too, which is really cool. Uh, development process that I learned from Jason French at Tiburon, who it's called it's like an evergreen Scrum model. Which is mm. really cool, and that's like uh, it's like continuous development, agile mm. continuous development, which is really cool. And that was very tight ship, uh, very measured. And I actually wound up taking what he was he taught me for some of that stuff, and took it to like a whole another level years later, uh, which with math and algebra and some of this like you know what a track and predict where you think bugs are going to be months yeah. from now, right? Based on a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. Um, That was just like seeds and bear and like kind of initial ideas when I learned it back when he was using it, which is cool. And I wonder like what he's using nowadays, right? Because it's been so many years. But that's like <clears throat> going from that to, <laughs> to Magic Leaper, it was like uh I mean, you had architectural designers that were designers for the user interface for the operating system. Mm. Like, they didn't have any idea how much something would be to in, to engineer. Sure, <laughs> I mean, engineer. well, I mean, when, when we, <laughs> this is a, this is a wild contrast, right? Because you're moving from something that has been made annually for decades right where yeah. the the biggest learned thing has to be what can we bite off right like what's mm -hmm. kind of the threshold of something that that we feel like can be actually done in a one year really i mean that game has a six to nine month cycle right realistically and you know there, there's a bit of pre-planning there's there's and then there's yeah. a lot of production right and then it's going to ship in august like that's happening no matter what more now yeah but yeah but I mean, but that's it. Like that, that date's not moving. It might fudge a week or two, right? But it's going to be in August. You know what I mean? And like, you've got, that's the thing that matters the most. You work backwards. is always manufacturing time. Right. Yeah. It's always, it's always RTO. So it's like, ultimately, right? And you can only do that so much, right? Mm -hmm. Like I remember one year, uh, I, I forget which year it was, but one of the years on Madden, we, uh, no, it was, <laughs> it was this year. <laughs> uh, this is my coaster. I use it to this day on my desk. What is that? This is a, a version of Madden that was manufactured in Mexico that does not work. <laughs> <laughs> It uh, <laughs> the first batch that was made of those, uh, they accidentally put. You know what a stub file is? Mm-hmm. They accidentally put, for whatever reason, they burnt the stub file to the disk instead of the actual package. No. 
Uh, <laughs> so, so what's on there? I mean, this thing is tough. It's my coaster, right? Because because you know when you when you when you mess up a disc build, you call it a coaster. That's the game dev yeah, joke. If yeah, you, of for course. those of you who don't know, it's a learning stream. Uh, and so <laughs> for this one, it was the, the what happened was um, they. Uh, actually, it had nothing to do with the manufacturers. They just burn the discs, right? Uh, and, and they do it really good, by the way. And they do it over the weekends, like we asked them to this one time. Mm. <laughs> but they, uh... oh yeah, I'm remembering the story even more now. This came down to like minutes. I'm not even kidding you. This came down to minutes of people making calls, happening to be in the right conversations at the right moments. This was <clears throat> this and talking and working in between meetings. To resolve this was nuts but uh so when we realized it because i was working on builds and release managing at the time we wanted finding out that somebody made some change somewhere obviously right that uh they didn't realize was going to make it such that uh you know that that was going to make put the sub file on the on the disc Ugh. and then for however qa was testing it the behavior is such that if you don't know what a subfile is, basically it means that we put a little digital, like a, a digital entitlement, basically on your hard drive or your disk that says that you own this game, but you have you have to download it, right? Um, and so uh, normally you would have that on your hard drive, right? Your entitlement. And so whenever you go online, if you don't have your game, it says, "Oh, we have the entitlement. This is a game you own. Do you want to download it?" You're like, "Yeah, cool. We'll have space. I want to download it, right?" So you don't have to have all your stuff. Always there. There you go. But uh, having it on a physical disc defeats the purpose in a way that normally if you install from a disc, then you don't have to, like, if you buy it, so if you buy it on the disc, you have to use the disc to play it. Right. Because your entitlement's on the disc. Right. Um, but if you buy it digitally, you don't have to use the disc. Right. But with this... You have to download it digitally, and you have to use a disc to play. <laughs> so, That's not what we're looking for. It's not ideal. <laughs> and so you get home when you want to play right away, and it's like, no, you have to download the entire game, even though you just bought it and defeated the purpose of... Yeah, so we had to remake uh, the build and, like, call people, and then, like, there was, like, all right, we have... 40, I remember it was like, oh, we have 40 minutes to remake a build, and then we have to, like, like giga fastpacks it over to the to the factory computer, and then, like, they're going to turn the... And we have to tell them, and have, we have to have that done by a certain time because they're not going to have the machines spun up and heated up or something <laughs> to be able Jesus. to run <laughs> the extra time over the weekend <laughs> to, wow. to be able to fill physical store shelves and displays on launch day. And that's the kind of yeah. excitement and fun that you want to getting into well, to make sure that it always happens. Yeah. In that scenario, like I said, we're talking about tight timelines, right? So yeah. you're, and there's a humongous extra cost that's associated with this kind of, you know, extra pressure and mm -hmm. overtime and stuff too, that, that ends up, you know, hitting your profitability. Yeah. I mean, the biggest, the biggest cost that any game has is the, their operation operating core, their O core. And that is always, oh, and then within that, that's like you're building you know, your physical space and like your salary that you pay people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like that's a big part of making a game is paying people, but also a big part of making a game is like 
paying executives. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there, that uh, that's part of it. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know how to say it other than that. I mean, it's all part of how it works, right? I mean, we make uh, a product that people enjoy. All Barley's so cute. Make a, <laughs> uh, maybe we make a product that people enjoy, right? Uh, oh. We got the subs. screen filled with, with gift subs now. Mm, Above the universe. That's nice. Appreciate that. Thank you. I'll take it. Don't yeah, man. to uh, subscribe to Twitch Prime. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, if you're not subscribed, you should. <laughs> <laughs> man, I so I want to dig in a little bit on some of yeah. your, your positions because we, do, we haven't really got into much of that oh, stuff let's do yet. It. Let's actually do it. Yeah. So you, okay, so when you graduated from Full Sail, your first job was what? I'm trying to remember how much of this we went over before. Did you go straight to EA from there? Uh, when I graduated first time in my undergrad, mm -hmm. I went back to my hometown and right. played Wrath of the Lich King. That's uh, a great thing to do. <laughs> on my laptop that was dying, and let my code <laughs> skills atrophy, and then <laughs> bummed around and had low confidence and it kind of sucked and then eventually wound up hitting pretty rock bottom you know splitting a six-pack with friends and playing wee bowling at night and like smoking what we would what ultimately be like really dirty hash weed that's like five dollars <laughs> it was like the, the worst scrounge together you know bs kind of lifestyle and it was like you know something well, snapped at some point i, I don't i don't want to skip over this too much right because we have a, a lot of people that go to school to make games and then don't get something right out of the gate, right? And yeah, I mean, I, if if it's cool, I mean, I, it that was um, I mean, you should know that like I'm the kind of guy who had a 1.7 GPA in high school, right? Uh, and uh, that was I felt like future damning for me in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, but luckily, it was a the year they changed the SAT. People were all confused about it. It was like a really strange time. And uh, yeah, partying around in school did not help. Mm. Um, I, I will tell you this. One thing that really helped me in my undergrad was at one point in time, it was about to start networking. So it was later in the program. And I was just like losing it. I was like kind of breaking down. Mm. I was like, this is, I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, mm. There's a lot of pressure. Full sales crazy. And yeah. Every month you see there's part of you that jokes that like all oh, their torch is extinguished, right? Because either <laughs> they go home if it's been too many times, or there's always people that are joining your class that you're inheriting or people you're losing. And it's a very real and uh, cold assembly line feeling, kind of, in some ways. Um, uh, it, now, if you take full advantage of it, you know, you can come out of there like a, a mech, a, war, a fighting mech machine, right? right? <laughs> uh, which which I did in my master's to take full advantage of it. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have this idea in my undergrad. And so my undergrad, I think I only had like a 2.5 GPA. Not that that's everything, but I do feel like it represents my lack of attention. And coming out of school, I was always, oh, sorry, I, I took a leave of absence at the beginning of networking. Uh, I don't know if you still can do that at Full Sail, but if you do, uh, try to do that. Uh, that helped a lot. I took a one-month leave of absence. I went back to my hometown, and I just kind of, like, vegged out and relaxed. 
and Recovered. I came back and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I asked myself if I really want to do this, and I came back. And I said yes, and then from there on out, I got nothing but really good grades. Uh, I aced AI, finished AI final, right? Uh, did really good in networking. I always did better with like uh more theoretical high level stuff rather than like assembly or low level stuff. Okay. Um, but then I did really well, but then coming out, but then when I hit, when you hit back home, even though I try to do all that stuff, I think what you have to realize just to emphasize with those out there is that like, you go from having, you're being surrounded for the first time in your life, completely surrounded by exclusively people who are interested in the same things as you. Yeah. Uh, and that is like an immense shock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially for, I mean, for especially for what we're into, right? Um, and then the people that are like crazy enough to go take out loans to do do it, right? <laughs> and you wind up with like an interesting group uh, of folks, uh, and then and then the folks that can make it farther and farther among them, you start to have an even smaller group of folks. Yep. That, right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's. It, it's a challenging, but when I got out of there, uh, I had a first couple of interviews that, like, I remember going to University of Pennsylvania. Now, you might have this happen to you. Uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, they were looking for someone to help make AI games uh, to help uh, train soldiers to do conversations. And now this is 2008. 2009, it's 2009, early 2009. Uh, and they were looking for people to, to work on software that would train soldiers in conversation in like Iraq to like try to suss out, I guess, terrorists or something in like a village or something. I don't know. Like, I, just remembering how crazy this was. Uh, and uh, I remember I had to like wear like a suit and stuff, and like it was not my thing. And like it was like a really old building, and I had to like, it's not a good time and i went like i already didn't like it and i was like well, i guess this is what i have to do <laughs> like i went into the building and this will happen to you at some point and i'm sorry but this happened to me and it sucked and you'll get over it but I, they're like oh you have a, you made a game and i'm like yeah i to totally made a game of course that's like the thing i did right uh at school <laughs> right that's but you know what i mean like hey you know like uh check it out so and it's like and i also have a book and they're like that's okay well, let's look at your game. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> they used to give you the Bible, which I still have. And right. I think it's awesome. And yeah. I would totally look at it if somebody gave me theirs. I'd be like, this is sick. Um, and then, uh, of course, it didn't It didn't have, like, the right direct X redistributable or something. Or, like, it was just something, like, silly like that. And so, like, it didn't work. Oh. Or, like, it, like, crashed or something. <sighs> and then, like... I couldn't answer an interview question of the which was burned into my mind forever after this. Uh, the difference. Hey, tell me the difference between a, 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 a an array and a linked list. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> which <That's... laughs> was forever burned into my skull. You can do it now. You do it for all time now, right? Like I could, I could, but not for free. No, right? Kidding. Yeah, no, I, dude, <laughs> I, I get it, I get it. 
like especially that kind of thing under a spotlight like ah, that that's tough that's really tough cuz you're like the, the thing i want to touch on here is mm-hmm. the truth is no one is ever going to ask you that in the industry ever right like no one cares if you know that what they care is that when you have a problem to solve that you know the tools at your disposal and you can go look up the thing that you need to use. That's all That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you didn't honestly know that, and, uh, like, if you were in an interview with me and, like, another tech lead, um, first off, like, we're, like you'd, we're interviewing you for, like, a certain level, right? Right. Like we have a certain expectation, right? It's not like... I, every engineer I interview, I'm assuming they're like principal engineer. Like, it's not, it's definitely right, not. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's, uh, just to use a silly example, right? But like, you know, but there's a lot of this. I mean, there's usually, I mean, I'm sure you've had this too, right? Like you're going and you're doing like a prep and you're like, well, what level is this, right? It's not just engineering. Like, what level is this person just supposed to be, right? Right. Yeah, and you question it, and you're like, "Well, is that because the previous person was that level, and we they just happen to be doing that job? Is it right?" And it's like you ask a lot of questions, right? And you're like, "What do we really need? Is this actually two people's jobs? Is this?" <laughs> yeah, a lot of you ask a lot of questions, right? And so when you finally get down to actually the interview, and if you've actually done all your work, then yeah, I think then you're asking yourself like, "Yeah, I mean, if you get if you get asked that question, and ideally it's a place that is." You have some confidence that they put some effort into that, you know, and you're getting get it ready. You don't mm-hmm. get the feeling they read your resume walking in the door or doing it in front of you. Right. You know, <laughs> right, which happens. Hey, happens, right? And you got to check that out, right? And if that's important to you, then you got to think about that, right? Um, but yeah, if you, if you, uh, if you're asked that question, then yeah, I think if, if you're honest about it and you say, well, I really don't know. Right. First off, honesty is key. Okay. Yep. <laughs> In my opinion, I think I agree. There yeah. are. <laughs> I mean, if it, like if you're here's my opinion. I'm very much. I'm a pretty left guy. You know, if you're if you're gonna go work for uh like a like a like a lower skilled job, that then there's nothing wrong with that. And if I was in this position, I would do this. And I hope I never am. But if I if I needed to, shit, I would lie. I would lie through my teeth in an interview <laughs> to get a job. <laughs> to get that job. It was yeah. dumb stuff that I know I could just learn, and it doesn't matter anyway. Or you got to learn some point of sale system or whatever. I don't care, dude. Then yeah, I did that for five years. I don't care, dude. I don't care. Like I'll just make it. But when it comes to like this kind of stuff, where it's like, yeah, I mean, you're in front of people who are like, you know, that guy like. He might have. He might know somebody who like wrote that in C. <laughs> like, like. That might yeah. be a bit of a challenge uh, for you, right? So I think you, so I think there's part of it where, yeah, I mean, if you don't know, then yeah, then be honest about it and commit that you're going to learn it. But also everything you do or don't know when you're in an interview that I've learned, that's something that you, every interviews you learn so much. Yeah. I've done so much of my, and maybe you think it's true too, done so much of my most important career growth and moments and moments of like ego checking humility and learning and knowing where to go next uh is is interviews yeah right yeah absolutely it's a huge thing and i think that the thing that we're we're kind of touching on here is that interviewing is a skill right and yeah and there's like a very different set like it's it's hard to really get a sense of what someone's going to be like sitting in the chair next to you when you're interviewing them, 
right? Mm-hmm. So what you really have to do is is try and get an understanding of like what their general skill level is, what is important to them, what things don't they like, do they like, you know, like it's it's yeah. about, you know, it, it's like a first date really where you're like trying to find it out, is. can we be compatible? Like, are you compatible for the thing that we're hoping someone will do? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think that's the thing is like, um, I don't know, when I was... When I was getting, and I would, I guess this is the same advice I would still give. I guess when I was trying to get in, uh, I guess I had this idea in my head that when I was, when I got, when I went, now this is when I went back for my master's, right? So at some point, uh, I mean, I was miserable, man, after my, after my bachelor's. It was like, you go back to your hometown where nobody's like you at all, and the few friends that are, are like very unmotivated, and they didn't do what you did. And they're still there waiting for you, right? Mm. And they're welcoming you back with open arms, uh, which is not good. Uh, not that there's anything like then they're good people, right? It's just that's the way it is, right? And if that's you, then you have to find a way to pull yourself out of there. You yeah. will hit rock bottom at some yeah. point. I hope it's not as far as it was for me, where you're content with like kind of being homeless or something. My advice would be find anything, no matter how small it is, doesn't, it actually doesn't matter. I'd say it actually doesn't matter what it is. Okay. Just do, find something that you can do. And then you say you did it and you feel proud of yourself for doing it. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. Just do it. And then you feel, say you feel proud. For me, I finally just tried to be a, a waiter in being able to come home after uh, put some money in my pocket that day was really was really inspiring for me. It had nothing to do with writing code, you know, or like helping out someone because they needed to like watch their kid and you pick up their shift and like that was like that helped reinforce some of my own personal values. So that was like a profound sense of of happiness came from that, and that I think. There's moments of those that you have to try to snowball for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you, you can, and then, and there's going to be something there right after that. Yeah. You, but that you have to create it. You really, you just touched on two of my life philosophies in one cent, in one kind of little bit of conversation. Mm. One is that I'm a big fan of what I, of the compound effect, which means small changes over time bring big results. Right. So mm-hmm. like if you're like, I, I'm not making games, but I want to make games. What's the very first step, right? What is the first thing you got to do to eventually get there? Do that first step, even if it's a small one, right? Like just get that going and then, and then continue mm-hmm. to do that and then add the second step. And it may be a little bit of time, but eventually you'll start to see the, the, the results of the thing that you're doing and it'll start propelling you. And eventually it'll be big propulsion in the direction that you want to go because that momentum builds and that skill builds. And, and the other is that like, I'm a big fan of checklists because there's small wins involved in that. Right. If I've got a list of things I need to do for a day, week, whatever, the second I I pick the easiest thing to do on that list and I get it done because now I've started, I've checked off part of that list. That's a big motivator for me and makes me feel like I'm accomplished. And now I can kind of, what's the next thing I can do quickly, right? It's just, it all has to be done, needs to be done, should be done. 
and and that motivation builds as you get you know those small things starting to move in the right direction mm-hmm. yeah i think um you need to be able to acknowledge what you acknowledge yourself put some i'm i'm the first one to be my worst critic you know on things and i think you have to you're gonna have failures i think and you have to start to learn uh to look for it yeah to, to seek it out in ways and so you can start to learn right get used to learning how to fall down gracefully right you yeah. start to I think it's really important, you know. I think something that I would offer to someone who's earlier in their career is like, um, find the balance that you feel comfortable with, and then try to always try to make push yourself towards being a little more uncomfortable, so you can grow in uh, finding how to a ways to be yourself as a game developer and be mm. comfortable with that. And I know it sounds like very. Uh, let me explain it a little more. But it's like uh the way that you like to uh uh interact with your work or interact with the people that you like to work with or the people you like to work with um just like don't be afraid to uh have an opinion about what you know what you like and don't like in those things yeah and then start to you know compile that and then create that you know um I think that's something that I would, because it's not, part of it is like trying to work on like, a lot of people are motivated by the title or the money. When it's the money, I ha- I just tell them to get out of games. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> like, you <went> kill. <laughs> so I'll say, let me save you the most amount of time. Um <laughs> like if you're especially if you're a programmer games is not the place to be right like dude seriously if, like, if you care real. about money there's a yeah. lot of better money out there yeah if that's actually what you're interested in let me let me introduce you to mr bank yeah <laughs> or mr software or mr defense industry right right or, yeah right. yeah lots yeah. of of uh of military contracts out there doing similar work yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so uh <laughs> Yeah, so uh what are we talking about? Um Oh yeah, so yeah, let's, let's continue to actually talk about career stuff. So yeah, when you so after uh after bombing it around and trying to build up some of that, I wound up uh realize swallowing my pride and realizing that like maybe I was never gonna be the like the ace programmer, right? Mm. And that like that and that's really true actually. And um but I always have my I always still to this day use it uh, in lots of different ways. It's part of me, actually, in a lot of different ways. It, um, I think if if you understand, there's parts of. I think there's different people are different things, right? But I think when you're in games, you wind up finding a lot of people who are doing it more than it's more than a paycheck. It's more than something else. We're here. We put ourselves through extra pain and suffering and stress. Mm confusion uh and hardship of not getting things done or something or missing like because we all want to make a thing right and yeah and sometimes it's like pushing the rock up the hill and i think we're all we share that in a lot of ways uh or if we don't share it with you it's because you haven't been in long enough to realize that you want to keep doing it with the rest of us right right um you know what i mean because you see that happen um but i think once you get what's going on here 
yeah, I think uh, I think you don't you don't want to stay, and you want to find other people that want that want to create that longevity with you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't want to ramble on that one. So yeah, after swallowing my pride, uh, I I applied to go to full sale, took out fast full loans and all that stuff. Um, for the masters, and, uh, right? For the masters, yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, maybe there's like you know, I'm, I I'm I used to organize all my friend groups and I used to do other things like that and I used to be very social and stuff and like maybe I'll try that. And I was never known for being like the organ like a super organized person or anything else like that or whatever. But I was like, cool, I can go learn about like other ways to make video games so i went did the whole thing uh when i got there i was like on a war path i was like look i know how full set works so i'm not going to be anybody's fool right so i wound up getting like <laughs> ridiculous i think i went up with like a 3.5 gpa then at the end um much which, better right I much guess. better <laughs> which also gets like the la the last quarter of your of your work is all group work anyway <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so which, just... which as it should be, right? Because <laughs> Wait, right. this is a collaborative industry. <laughs> it's it's group work, and so like now your GPA is like great, but I wound up doing like one and a half final projects in my masters. So altogether, I did two and a half final projects. I feel oh so. wow! So I'm pretty learned on that, making student game part of it. Yeah, and like taking risks. Not telling the teacher and then showing up with like new tech with the team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I did a few times. Um, you have to learn. I think that's part of producing. I think when you start to learn it, I think it's like yours. Uh, the result, yeah. I think, is what matters. I think is what's interesting to me, and I think that's taken me a long time to uh, just, I guess, learn that uh, and be comfortable with that, and then allow that to uh, fray the types of solutions and approaches that I'll take. So it's, it's, and, and confound them a bit. Yeah. But, uh, but when, yeah, but when I got there, uh, in the masters, the masters was not only had only been out for so long. And, um, I had known some of the teachers from my undergrad a little bit because that's where the teachers came from. Mm -hmm. Um, and so our teachers class was really small and I was, dude, I was like so ready to just tear things apart. I was like men immensely jazzed. I was very highly motivated from like that compounding effect. I was like hyper pumped. I was working out, <laughs> I was like ready to go. <laughs> uh, and, um, I wind up starting to ace the classes and we started doing hardcore study groups with everybody. And like the second month in we, didn't like the the rubric for our literary reviews, so we rewrote a rubric and handed it to our teacher. You rewrote the rubric for your own class for the, for the literary reviews for our, our for our, for our teachers. For, and, uh, for those that don't know, the rubric is what is used to grade assignments, <laughs> right? Like it's the scale, like essentially. Right. So, so uh, we yeah we did like one or two of them, and we were like. Nah, how about it's like this instead? And he was like, "Okay, all right." I don't know why. I don't know. He was just entertained by us, or something. I don't know what it was. But uh, hey, if it's the right idea, you know <laughs> that that's the thing about a new program, right? It's like here's the, it's built with like their first best guess about mm -hmm. you know what it should be, but that doesn't mean it's the best way, right? Like there's yep. there's room for that kind of stuff to happen, and that's some really great yeah. initiative. Yeah, so we had uh, we enjoyed that. It was cool. No, it wasn't Kennedy's class. It was Kennedy's class was our first class, uh, production leadership, I think, is what it was. And then Sean Stafford was the class 
Uh, Sean's great. I love Sean. Oh, and yeah. This was before the usability lab existed. So the usability lab at that time was in the glass, the, uh, the um, frosted glass area where like one of the indie games is right now. Mm hmm. Uh, in building 3C, um, if I'm like remembering correctly. Uh, and that's when like War Games was the only uh, contract and stuff. And in his class at the end of it, after we had rewrote the rubric and everything, he was like, All right, so the last thing is you're going to go do a think aloud usability study with one of the games from the cabinet upstairs in the game studies area. And we were like, And then my, me having like, just came out of undergrad with like thinking about you know slaving over games <laughs> and i was like why would we do usability studies on all these games when we have some number of games literally being made every month here in school why don't we just this already here do you know the teachers i'll just go talk to them we'll just make it happen and uh so uh i wish i still kept in contact with them but uh, uh a guy named scott foreman uh him and I, we were really good work friends on this. We partnered up and we went and we put together a whole presentation. We reached out to like the career development people, the senior faculty, all the program directors, and they actually held a presentation in the in the faculty area. Oh, nice. Saying, here's what we propose. Uh, every month these things are coming out. There's no reason why we shouldn't be testing them and it's cross value and da da da. And, by the way, we're called student. We're called Student Game Solutions, and we created like we were growing our little company or whatever. And then they said it was good, so then we started doing it that month. And then from there on out, I don't think they still do it today. Maybe they still do it today, but that's the start. The start of the usability lab doing usability on student. The student games was that we nice. did that then in 2010, um, nice. which is super cool. Um. Uh. So yeah, so then that was really cool. So we continued to just like try to just like kick some more butt. And then uh, we started, oh yeah, we continued to do usability research outside of there because we wanted to have uh, started to build a name for ourselves while we were in school. So we created our, and I still have some of the research, some of the documents that we made, but we created our own little research group called uh, Student Game Solutions. and we did like six or seven of our own research, uh, or sorry, of our own uh, usability studies, and like full-on reports and data analysis and key findings and the whole thing, and like an actual bound report and everything, and a oh, PDF wow. and everything. Like yeah, like we did the whole thing, and we did that maybe five times or something like that, and we were known around the school for that. And then the program advisory committee was visiting, which you know about. Uh, and Billy Joe Kane was on it at the time. Uh, he, I think he does like human rights stuff now, which is cool. Uh, oh, wow. And not so much. Yeah, he did. He does like anti human trafficking stuff, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. At the time, he was working, he was uh, operating a Facebook game company. <laughs> this is the, <laughs> this is the, that's a big difference. <laughs> 2010. <Yeah. laughs> right? Everybody had a uh, Facebook game in, in 2010, right? 2010. <laughs> um, and so uh, he, when the word had gotten around, and uh, we were already like word of mouth famous for the work that we were doing around the around the, the the stuff, and we kept like, of course, we were really good about trying to like sell ourselves. And we said the very last minute, you know how like you know how you get herded around in the pack, right? And it's right. like 
students are always i mean and and you purposely sandbag too right you do, it's it's all part of the game right and then you pretend you're getting herded out right and then it's the whole thing right and so um that's that's kind of the culture which is good and i like that but but at the very last minute he's about to cross foresight uh from full sail live one to go to you know building two or whatever and uh and i go wait billy we're the team that does usability stuff <laughs> he turns around he turns around and he's like well it's like a message from god <laughs> it's like, How did you...? <laughs> and he's like yeah here let's, let's talk and so uh so we want to talk to him and then we want up because we acted like we were the real deal he was like yeah you guys are the real deal here do you do a study on our game it was like some kind of fantasy whatever game i don't remember what it was anymore but uh it's just like some kind of you know very generic facebook game thing he did a whole report from and everything that was so successful that we were able to leverage that for when phil holt and crew when they left ea and that one exodus uh in 2010 when they made rochambeau in orlando uh and then they made their own other facebook game and because we had done the one with billy joe we were able to have some resume kind of stuff when that group was coming around asking for help for temporary work. The career development staff was like, well, there's already this team that does research stuff and they can help you out do whatever. <laughs> you just made it happen. So like... we made it happen. So then we got our second client. And then by the time it was, uh, either of us went to go get jobs, uh, either Iron Man Beast, uh, and then by the time we went to go get jobs, it was like we already have all this like real work on our resumes, but we were, you know, students, which is cool. And so that's how that's how you can get that to happen, I guess. Yeah. Um, definitely possible, and that helped a lot. Uh, and that was on my resume for a while, um, taking up a good amount of space. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I mean, it's early on. That's that's great, great information. Right? Yeah. yeah, that was I mean, looking back on it, like if I saw somebody with that now, like that's resume would stand out to me. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, just thinking about it now. So I think if you if you do stuff like that, because the reality is like it's long, it's very much long been not a secret and a meme and then not funny again to to come up with a full style resume <laughs> and like have your like very much cookie cutter like two projects yeah. or whatever right it's like what out what else is in there that actually matters right yeah so that's that's what I try to tell the students from there but yeah when I we got close to finishing um my one final project team uh the game was a visual mess uh confusing it was like a you were on it was like a rubik's cube kind of thing and like you did puzzle solving on each one of the faces of the cube and like you would spin it and like do more puzzles and like you'd have to solve puzzles around the six faces of the cube okay um which kind of sounds cool if you could make that happen and not make it be like really uh dizzy <laughs> And like visually appalling as we yeah, had it. Right. Uh, <laughs> so uh and I, I kind of a mess. Um and so we actually failed our final project three months in. Really? Yeah, we actually failed it. Um that's how I got thirteen months of final project experience. Oh. Huh. So mm -hmm. wait, you failed 
How long is the, the master's final project? Well, when I went through, it was uh, five months long, and it and it was uh, thir- thirteen month program. Okay. Yeah, thirteen month program, and so like the last five months was, it was like, hey, well, I mean, you're a producer, right? You can so make a game, right? I mean, that's kind of like, do it. <laughs> it's kind of, which I like the idea of that. I was like, okay, well, all right, you want to make, you want to produce a video game, do it, right? Right. Um, yeah. And that was kind of the cool feeling of it. So, the second game we did was fucking awesome. Like I went like Super Saiyan on that thing. Yeah. Like we actually launched with a game editor, fifty what? extra levels, <laughs> uh, set two to three extra modes, sandbox mode, uh, to, uh, extra abilities. Like we popped off. <laughs> it was like, like we got seated with really good people. Yeah, that, that's always a that's thing. That's important. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it hits. That's how it goes. And I think that's a that's a bit of reality. I think that you get early on that maybe it's not so obvious that uh hey yeah there you go got old head in chat <laughs> yeah uh blitz cube was the name of the one blitz cube uh, all right yeah and then blank was the name of the other one uh which was cool uh and so like the the second one blank it was like a two and a half d platformer which was cool i think two and a half d was cool to, to as a student to work with um because you got to do like the uh the sets like the backgrounds and some of the foregrounds right mm-hmm. and that helped us uh that allowed us to i don't know there were certain things that i knew that we were going to do i think as a producer heading into that but right. i was like we are not going to fuck this up i have seen too many uh other student games to not know right <laughs> yeah let's go uh <laughs> cheers i had to take that fourth shot i got a fifth one waiting too so mama mia um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah they were her- they were called herps and derps the enemies were called herps and derps <laughs> um, so like the herps were like uh little helicopter ones like little guys and like the derps were like um like just like robot kind of they would just derp around <laughs> yes and uh so like that it was like you were a dna experiment and um you were like a blob like a white blobby guy and then you would like uh unlock different animal abilities from like canisters uh almost like a la sonic or like the animals coming out but they would like you would get obtain the dna and then you would like uh like you'd get like ape arms for instance and like so you would do like an overhead smash and when you did that it would like give you a a, like a boost in the air like a second jump or you could like punch forward and it would like do a slide if you did that in the air so it would like carry you like a dash uh and then you had like frog legs so you could like when you unlock the frog legs whenever you hit a wall it would like a sound and you would like stick to the wall and you could like wall hold and then you could like slide down uh hawk wings for double jump i think there was another one i can't remember but we had like a bunch of stuff and then we had like a boss too which was cool like we did the whole thing um but we wound up putting a deferred rendering model in there over a weekend our our teacher uh marcus uh was awesome uh he was like you're not putting this deferred shade monitor model in and it's too dangerous and I'm not gonna allow it as your AP. <laughs> and I was like and I was like making a calculation in my head and I was like, 
Yeah, but I kind of feel like I know enough about how this is going to work <laughs> that if everybody's excited that I'll just buy pizza and I'm already a lab monitor for the studio, the only one anyway, so I'll just keep it open tonight and just knock it out and I'll be the QA tester and do rapid build testing, you know what I mean? And I'll just, we'll just do it. Yeah. Fuck it. And their game's going to be sick for it. <laughs> And so we did it, and like it worked fine. And then like I ate the shit from the from the EP. <laughs> He's like, "You did this, man. You shouldn't do this." And I was like, "All right, I'm really sorry. You're right. I shouldn't, but I, I did. <laughs> like the game's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I don't. I think there's like now later in life when you're in when you're actually making games, uh, that's never been an issue, right? Uh, if that I found. The only problem that I've ever run into that you know when you make a feature, you can't just go and do just have people do stuff. You have to make sure it's tested and it's good and it's in and like you have to do your right things, right? Right. But I've never been um you know, no one's ever been upset with me for right. making well, the game better. If it if it's worth it to put in, you'll figure out a way to do it, right? And yeah. You know, yeah. the, the the best way to do that is to either, you know, scope back something else or bring in more people to do the thing you need to do, you know, shuffle some things around. Ideally, we're not, you know, crunching people to do that new thing. But if it's the right thing to do for the game, you know, sometimes it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so it's like, I'm very much like anti-crunch too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right, so wait, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So near the end of school, um, so we had to write a thesis at the time for Masters, mm -hmm. uh, which if you didn't know is this uncomfortable piece of shit, 80-page document that you have to do research on. <laughs> that sounds like uh, – that's the reason I don't I don't have any care for a Masters. <laughs> like, that is not me at all. Like, <laughs> it was uh, – I don't know. You know, like, how often do I think to myself – I have a master's degree. Fucking never. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like it just never comes up. I don't ever think about it. Sorry. <laughs> that you, if you want to get one, you should get it, and it's still a good idea. Don't don't act like I don't want to feel like it's not. It's just it was like a bigger part of my life. I think when I was going through it and I was first getting started, and now it just. Where my education ends and where other places I've learned things or have grown, the line is immensely blurred, and it's not yeah. necessary for me to tell the difference anymore, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's like, because like, another thing is, like, the longer I make games, the more it's like, okay, there's an obvious difference between, like, the five major disciplines, sure, QA, design, production, or et cetera, but, like, engineering, but, like, they're so wide. Yeah, within there, right? Like, and you know oh, this yeah. too. I'm sure you feel it, right? Um, then it's like every year there's a different subdivision of how we can make games or yeah. how we're thinking of it, right? Or man, that guy's always been doing two jobs, right? Oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, near the end of uh, sorry, getting back to near the end of uh. My uh my 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 masters. Uh, I was finishing up my thesis. Was having trouble with it. Uh, I had a corny idea at first. Then I redid it. Whatever. And then um, <laughs> I wound up getting uh, an extension, a three months extension on my degree. 
because uh, I finished because I needed to finish my thesis, mm. and so I got it to the end of the year. And before I graduated, I wound up getting a job as a QA tester at Tiburon. Okay. Uh, on the core tech team, because I had been applying. Now I've been like I went to GDC that year. I've been applying like a beast. I mean, I was like networking like insane, right? So the fact that I finally got something, it's like oh. Um, but yeah, I got it before I was before I graduated, but it was after final project ended. And so I could, I went up coming into the studio at like two or 3 a.m. and working on my thesis until everyone showed up at eight <laughs> the earliest. Whatever you got to do, right? Like, <laughs> like that was crazy. Like that was crazy, right? Uh, what I, it was whatever you have to do. And let me be honest with you. If you're not crazy enough to do this kind of stuff, to make it into video games and to make it happen, there's some crazy asshole like me who is right <laughs> like that's just how it is i'm sorry <laughs> and i've lived it right i mean you have to want it that bad right yeah. uh and it's you, a you great have place to, to start that's for sure right and the qa <laughs> is great let me tell you if you have if you know that was probably what the best decision ever i know people who are still waiting to be producers right to even get in the industry because they wanted to be a producer Mm-hmm. Um, they want to do another stuff, and they're still looking. The reality is, like, if you're waiting to get in, the amount of people that you're impressing every day in the industry is zero. Versus, if you're just going as a QA tester, the amount of people you interact with every single day to get a chance to see your skills, right? Like, that's there's no there's no comparison. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Just there isn't. So when I started feeling that, I mean, it was like my only job was copy and paste call stacks from uh, <laughs> the call the dev track, the the, the bug tracker. Right? Uh, uh, dev track. Yeah, I love copy dev and track. Paste. I, hey, I mean, it, it was um, it's a it's a touchy subject for a lot of people. <laughs> I will say, um, but no, I mean, dev track had some good reporting in it, um, for certain stuff, um. And uh, they also had good, uh, I mean, it was just like a good flat database, I guess. Like if you just wanted like, just throw shit in there. But, you know, there are certain places that fell down, like, oh no, we can't upgrade that. We can't change that field because like the ancient dev track seer scrolls have not been blessed in the ink. <laughs> it's like, all right, well... <laughs> It doesn't well, great. I guess we'll have to wait until we copy another database or something. I don't know. How does it work? Is there a blood ritual? So like that I didn't like, right? Like, like um uh been a step track. Uh so uh yeah, I went up so it's just it was that. So I had a lot of time to just do other stuff because I knew engineering and do whatever. Highly motivated, so I wind up just doing other stuff, uh, just picking up work. I would walk into our development director's office every day, every morning, and say, "I want to be your assistant. Tell me what I need to do." And he'd be like, he would laugh and be like, "Right?" And he'd be like, "Well, you know, got to do other stuff or whatever." And then eventually, <laughs> for my constant persistence of bugging everybody, uh, he comes over to me one day and he's like, "Hey, so there's a chance that uh, there's a chance that." Uh, there's uh, a role opening up. Uh, it's still on contract, but it's build engineering. Oh. And I was like, and it's not production. And I was like, oh, shit. 
I didn't like the idea of busting off my engineering skills, right? Um, but I did it, and I interviewed, and I found out passing it, and I got uh, converted on contract from QA to engineer, and then five months roll by or something, however many months roll by, and my contract was a rollover. Very dramatic moment uh, for for someone in the industry, right? Yeah. I get to like the last day, and because I was in a high exposure role, putting builds together and doing integrations and helping solve problems, right? Right. Yeah. Um, because of my persistent nature, uh, and walking around, being seen, that's really important. Visibility is really important. Early on, for sure, it really is. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, until you get a name for yourself, right? Like you need to be seen. Well, you're building the name, right? Like that's what, right. that's what yeah, you're doing. Like, you have to do that, right? Yeah. Um, build your build your image and your reputation, right? And it will follow you everywhere in the small <laughs> industry. And you know, I, uh, I want to add one thing to that real yeah. quick because mm -hmm. every time you start at a new job, you have an opportunity to decide that, right? How are you going to be perceived? What kind of person yep. are you going to be? And, you know, it's you can you, if you jump in and show a ton of work ethic, you're a team player, you take things for, you know, take work off of people that, that is stressing them out and help reduce their, you know, their workload overall. That stuff is memorable, man. Yep. Yeah, you build. There's um, you have to realize that uh, the people that I thought were never going to be in the industry uh, in school. I bumped into women in the industry in in very frustrating ways, where they had <laughs> they had positions where at the time I felt like I deserved more than them, mm. right? Or there were you know, and that's some of my own maturity, right? Too, and there were times where you know there were some folks where uh, I was like, that person just slept through class. How are they here? Right? <laughs> like, and that would just like blow your mind, right? But that tells you a lot. Tells you a lot about how and 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 I know it sounds crazy to hear, like it's frustrating, and it should feel crazy frustrating to hear. <laughs> you validate that for you. Um, I would never say it's not, uh, but it's not a perfect uh thing to get people hired in the games. Yeah, at all, oh, not even close. It's not. There's no all. formula, anyway, man. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really not uh a thing at all uh so like you see people that that don't that, that that maybe don't that don't work anywhere near as hard it seems as other people that get it or there's other people that are happen to be the right spot there's other people who for other reasons were never exposed to the right opportunities the right ideas you know yep um but yeah um so yeah um after uh yeah, so uh, my last day in my contract, I mess I hit up a, a bunch of the technical directors uh, who I always will feel so warm and fond of. They're some of the best folks ever um, uh, in terms of big hearts and mentorship and teaching and making it feel like an awesome place. Um, but uh, I hit them up and I was like, so yeah, I guess good luck with builds tomorrow, you know. Guess, uh, guess good luck, cause like my contract's running out, you know. So like, guess, guess good luck. I guess oh, I don't know. Yes, you know. And then, uh, and I knew what I was doing, right? I was like, yeah, they knew that it was coming up, but I was just like, all right, I guess this is it. And that was a scary moment too. But I was like really twisting the arm. Right, right, and then right. <laughs> after I had done all that for like 
30 minutes at my desk or whatever. Uh, that development director comes over to me, who's now my boss, because he hired me into that other role, right? In that contract role from QA. My boss in QA didn't even know that I was doing that. <laughs> but <laughs> he came over and he was like, wait, you're transferring over here? You got to tell me this stuff. I was like, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> Take what you want, all right? We're always just going to give you stuff. That's really important to know, mm. right? Um, I mean, gotta be sh- I should have told him, that being said, but, you know, I know that now. But and so he comes over to Donder comes over. He's like, "So what are you what are you doing? <laughs> you got, you got, like all the technocrats up my ass. What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like I was like I was like, "Come on with me." And I was like, "Oh okay." You right. know, whoops. <laughs> and then he's like, "All right, now now we have to get you like we're like we're, we're figuring it out. All right, we're we're gonna get you full time. This is what I want up getting full time." Uh, because you wound up leveraging it and you wound up creating a situation where they couldn't, they didn't want me not, they, they couldn't imagine me not on the team. Right. That's, that's the goal, man. Make yourself indispensable. Right. It's like, there's a matter of like being indispensable, like functionally, I feel like, but I feel like there's also part of it where it's like humans make games. Oh Yeah. You want you want to enjoy the people you're around too, right? You know, like are you gonna are you like are you genuinely here? You know, are you here because because you can tell too, like, and I think QA folks feel this the worst, and I was guilty of this too. I mean, folks graduate kind of through QA in some mm-hmm. ways, right? And then other folks they like they're very good at QA and they stay in and they're amazing professionals and they're really awesome, valued members of our team in different ways, right? And and in equal ways, right? To other disciplines, just to be clear, and so. But not always valued correctly, right? And that's like our we have to fix that. We haven't yet. Um, some places are. Um, but yeah, I mean it's not like people are always starting off as junior engineers and they're known for going to be artists. Yeah. Right? Like it's kind of kind of a certain way, right? Um so yeah, I mean it's something that we have it's a so yeah, anyway, uh, I wound up getting the, the full-time conversion, which is awesome. Got the benefits, got everything. It was good to check, good to go. And then I wound up doing, like, uh, NCAA was going away uh, at the time uh, for their lawsuits and stuff, right? EA mm-hmm. was getting out of that, right? That's coming back around now, right? Isn't NCAA coming back? Uh, was that officially announced? I mean, I thought it was. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm throwing stuff out here but uh well i have no idea how i would know that but i think i heard that's the case right <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i uh no I'm no no, sure no, no, no. It, it's 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 been around it, yeah it's been announced it's been announced okay good <laughs> but Is yes it? i have definitely heard it's in production <laughs> I was like, I, i'm pretty sure i didn't hear that from anyone that should not have told me that so <laughs> like i could i can't remember <laughs> Well, it's like we're not supposed to, but right. you know, <laughs> we do sometimes. You know, trade. I mean, that's one of the things. That's like our professional courtesies that we do, right? It's like we, you know, when you start when you start collecting your own secrets and your own things that you're working on, friends and chat, and you have some cool stuff. It's a collateral to trade, and it'll be fun. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the unspoken spoken, right? Like Yeah, right. It's like you you will be able to have some of your, you know, your chips to trade around. Uh, <laughs> you know. 
friend da uh, that's right it's a friend da yeah the friend da yeah that's right that's a good one for it um but yeah so uh, you mean you i learned a lot from my friends working at other studios um and sharing stuff and one thing actually that i'm trying to do is like uh if you see friends that are sharing posts that like they're looking for help i'm never not going to be not hiring at blizzard now that i'm here um so i can't like wait until we're not hiring and then if that's an okay time to like feel like that's fine socially to champion a friend's studio who's looking for people right yeah right and i feel like that should be okay yeah so um wow 30 months holy moly so it's weird to think that I've been streaming that long sometimes. Wow. It's been like four years now, and that's just wild to me. Wow. Three months, and is that even a founder? No. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. Good for you. Um, uh, yeah, so... Uh, oh, yeah, so... I wound up doing... Uh, yeah, I wound up doing, like, release management on Madden for, like... And it wasn't really called that. It was like we went from 70% digital, 70% box product to 70% digital product. While really? we also went from Gen 3 to Gen 4. Mm. Um, which was an insane way of also saying we went from all of Madden's like 20 years of being made was always make it and then two patches before Christmas and you're done. Right. Everybody well, before that, the there were no such thing as patches, right? Up until before that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple so of decades like, of that. Right, and yeah, so like the idea of like continuous development and other things like that, right? Um, <laughs> was just not a thing. So we kind of had to like found all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I got like to do a lot of big change to that process. Mm -hmm. So I got to do a lot of like um first-hand crafting of our branching strategy with the technical directors which is really fun mm. and really cool and exciting so like i got to i was the one who determined and designed the branching strategy for a couple years there like originally it was like something the producers wanted but i kind of started creating my own role of being you know how that works like so a lot of times sometimes the roles around the studio they're made because of the people you have right um like certain people are capable of certain things, right? And that's how we just evolved. So for us at that time, I was somebody who helped make sure the game was stable in retail and in development, and also made sure that there was builds wherever there needs to be builds. And that was just like, in that moment, something I was able to do. And people trusted me to do, and they were used yeah. to it, right? Yeah. Um. But that was a good while though we did that and that was cool um we got a lot of really cool experiences like the microsoft the one connect launched uh this was fun when connect launched we were uh a closed door uh launch title with connect and mm. so we were supposed to have like audible so you could call right to, to connect stuff like that on madden 13. and uh there was a closed door event with at Microsoft at E3, and uh, a good friend of mine, Jeff Sturgeon, was my senior was my senior build engineer who's all, who was teaching me. Uh, a good friend of mine still today, still, and uh, he 
I don't know where one of the, the gameplay development director comes running over with one of the senior gameplay direct, uh, engineers, and it's like five uh -oh. o'clock or something. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like five o'clock or you know, it's like it's like that time of the night. Yeah. It's like that time of the afternoon. It's like. <laughs> Like We're that, starting right? to think like, about wrapping up for the day, right? <laughs> right, you're like, everybody's doing the slow pack, right? Everybody's doing the, right? Um, but we were already, we already came in for that time. You want to talk about long hours. That summer, for those two summers, uh, three summers, I worked kind of at night. I came in at like 5 p.m. And we were there till like 5 a.m. Really? Uh, you just chose yeah. to do that or? Uh, that was the thing we had to do because there was just such an insane amount of building and merging that needed to be happening between mm -hmm. NCAA, the core builds, and Madden. Okay. And also shipping them all at the same time on the money and having all the patches loaded up for all of them on day one. That was like Mamma Mia. So we wound up doing, I wound up doing, uh, several months, 100 hour weeks, 80 to 100 hour weeks over the years, right? In the summers. Yeah. Um, that's not something that I'm bragging about. No. It's something that I hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something that um, I'm careful not to try to wear it like some kind of badge of honor or something. I'm aware that there could be seen that way. Mm. I don't want to encourage that. But it is yeah. true, and I did do it, and I will admit that before I did it, I was curious, just like trying a cigarette <laughs> what it almost right of like what it would be like and what it felt like to to do to do that right like everybody's doing it i want to be cool <laughs> it's actually a really yeah. good analogy man yeah it is because like yeah. it, the truth is i think overall as an industry we finally got to the point where we are acknowledging how bad that is even though it was a common practice for most of it right mm -hmm. but you know mm -hmm. we we have to be better right like there's always yep. going to be that urge to, to, you know, to super crunch on something because of course you can put more time into something and make it better. Right. Of course you can, mm -hmm. but there's also the thing that people forget. There's diminishing returns pretty quickly. Once you start, you know, moving down that well, it's, road. Yeah. It's I've measured it enough times now and yeah, it's becoming widely enough recognized and known. I think because some of the people who have been the champions of it maybe have <laughs> come finally started to burn down, right? But, or burn yeah, out. I mean, They're not even in the industry, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like I, and also you see that there's, uh, the generationality is so it's so important right now in game development. There is very much, uh, the people who made games who didn't grow up playing games. Mm. Then there's. Then there's some folks who played like the original games and then made the games that were, you know, more widely known now, right? Mm -hmm. And there's my generation who grew up playing some of those games that were made to widely play games, right? The game game renaissance type stuff. And now we're working together with that second generation, this third generation. Like what's our next what's that next one gonna do, right? Like Yeah. Games are going to be so crazy, right, by then. You know, I would hope that we truly invest as much in sound as we do as visuals, right? You know what I mean? There's things that, like, as a game developer, I want to see us, you know, continue to grow and blossom into, right? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, for let's see. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got up getting. It's called. They have like a uh, stack ranking system for ratings. So if you're not used to this, yeah, you get rated in school and you get graded in school. Guess what? It doesn't end. Uh, you get rated and stack ranked in all kinds of different ways. Uh, <laughs> whenever you get out into the industry, um, because. It's all money at some point in yeah, reality. It definitely is you know, a big part of it. <laughs> you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, there's like, you know, you would be expecting some amount of cost of living increase every year, right? And things like that. You may or may not be getting a bonus depending on how long you've been working, right? And your, and your setup. Depending on what kind of game you work on, you might be, you might get royalties from the game. And then right. you don't work on that studio anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that development works right i mean there's a lot of different ways that i have learned that you get to live and make games um, right yep so yeah, i mean it's just reality <laughs> i think more and more nowadays you get this more corporate feel right um at blizzard uh it's kind of cool uh you get everybody whenever you start there after a certain time you're on every game that we make yeah that's pretty cool yep. so i guess i'll be on diablo 4 which, by the way, I can invite people, but they can't be the game developers. Wait, what? What do you mean? For the alpha? You can invite people. Oh, they can't be game developers? Yeah. You suck. It's like, I'm sure it's like part of the NDA kind of thing, you right? You suck. Like, yeah, I know. I no, was it's like, understandable. But... Well, I went over to my friends and I was like, guess what, guys? <laughs> guess you're the coolest guy ever. And then I was like, shit, all my friends make games. Right, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. I know, that's yeah, it's just, oh, come on, boo. But it'll be, I'm sure it'll be different like the beta, right? The beta will be a dull open up. Right, right. It's not too far away, so it'd be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, so I did, uh, <laughs> man, I was constantly unhappy at Yay, just thinking that, uh, the entire time I was there, I was thinking that I was going to be, uh, I was going to be somewhere else. That I was just like, per my goal was to just be growing and to be making myself really good so that I could go be somewhere else. Mm. I guess where I am now. I well, guess. I mean, I I don't know that that's as well. Okay, let let me let me think of the right way to say this. There's a point in our careers where that's what we're thinking about, regardless of where we are, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there are people that are at EA that feel like you do now, right? Like they got to mm -hmm. the position they were looking for, the thing they were hoping to do, whatever, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. but, you know, I went through that, oddly enough, while I was at EA. Like that was all I was thinking about was what's my next step? Mm -hmm. what, right. How do I make my next move? You know, all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting that yeah. that we had that, but it's it could be anywhere, right? And it's ultimately... There, there's so many different studios, so many different ways they develop. So they really are. And, and so much of it is like, I'm at a studio where I'm recognized for what I'm capable of and what I've produced before, right? I mm -hmm. want to be recognized for all that. I want to be compensated for that. I want to be, you know, appreciated. Like, that's that's a yep. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things, one of the reasons, when I was in Pennsylvania before I signed on to do my loans and everything come down for my master's and I was thinking about it I was like look it's crazy but maybe it'll work I'm gonna go back to school and get my master's degree and then I'm gonna try to get in at Tiburon in town yeah um, and I literally 
that was my plan. And it wound up working, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> is it? Or did you make it, it work? You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, like you have <laughs> look, you have to look where the opportunity is, right? right? I mean, like look for what makes sense. You have to look. Don't strike where the iron is cold. Yeah. Right. Like I, I think you have to you have to look for industry trends. Like, well, I'll give you my. This is my two cents right now. I have watched recruiters looking for people that want to join uh uh cryptocurrency game studios mm-hmm. uh get exceedingly more desperate over the last year and a half <laughs> from when they used to be more like you're cool enough and exclusive enough to get this <laughs> offer down to like this is our fourth follow up please just let us know this <laughs> that's like so it's like yeah very you have to look at the and like that was a clearly i mean i was not gonna go i mean look (laughs) whether or not you believe in crypto or whatever and everything but like i wasn't gonna go put my career on a bet like what felt like a fad to me Um, yeah no or what felt like it was too juvenile of a tech you know man it's it's such a Ugh, it's it's such because it's not resolved yet, right? No, like, it's not. It's not like you can go point at it even yet, right? Like like we're still at the point where it could become something, and there's still developers that are trying to do it. So I I looked it into it early. I tinkered with it. I, you know, I have some NFTs. I have some crypto. But man, I burn out real quick because mm-hmm. you know ultimately those of us that make at least AAA games. There's not there's not a place for it. It doesn't make sense in what we do. No. And like to be honest with you, like Okay, so like if if I wouldn't the, <laughs> I don't even know if somebody said, Hey, this is not gonna happen, by the way, but if somebody said somewhere in my own game company, hey, there's we need somebody to go head up this NFT game, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't either. Like, like this is like, like it's not like I don't know that games are the right vehicle for cryptocurrency or like or that's even like established to be a thing yet. Yeah. <laughs> like a game, like gaming for it, right? Like play to earn. Like I don't know that that's like that's an idea. I don't think that's been proven <laughs> yep. at all. Yeah. Right. Um, I'd sooner go do now. Talk about forward thinking insomniac stuff. And I'm not going to make you say anything you're not allowed to say, Mr. Senior Advance, uh, Senior Advance, Senior Advance. Um, but I'm sure you're, you know about, <laughs> I'm sure you're privy to all kinds of interesting things like that I that I learned when I was in and around Insomniac that I won't say specifically. But there's some really cool, like even if you just look on the website, um, really cool VR VR ideas. Like Insomniac's the only studio I see that's actually still pushing VR and maybe also behind the scenes mixed reality like actual game design mechanics and not stupid gimmicky like <laughs> I'm underwater blah 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 I'm underwater right it's like yeah, you're, <laughs> like you're like you're there's actual meaning like there was what there's the one RPG right uh, I forget the name of it uh uh it's like you can cast spells and stuff uh, uh that was uh unspoken yeah maybe yeah it was something like that yeah, yeah. and like that was cool. I mean, whether or not, and what I like about the philosophy of it is like, it's not like they're not, it's not about like, 
trying to make these hit games. It's like actually genuinely trying to figure out how to make VR actually fun and cool and defeat. Yeah, there was a a big chunk of time that that's what the Raleigh studio was focused on. Yeah, mm-hmm. well before my time for sure. But because mm-hmm. they had some magically products projects too. Mm-hmm. Um, like they made one uh, seedling is what it was where you like you grow like a plant out of a box on your desk or something i heard i heard a little bit about that stuff i don't know much about that to be honest yeah i mean they're still doing it who knows but so was the magic leap ever commercially available like was it available could you ever buy it magic leap one uh actually launched did it okay Um, and then i don't i think they made another skew like a light skew Mm -hmm. uh and I think they're still making the next one. Uh, I'm not sure. I kind of like, <laughs> kind of muted Magic Leap stuff on my LinkedIn feed. It's <laughs> just feeling bitter about it. <laughs> oh man, I, the, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff to talk about there. Which, which honestly means we're probably gonna have to have you on a third time because we've only oh got like gosh. 15 minutes left. So. Oh my gosh! All right, well, so so be it. I'm having too much fun on these. So, oh, dude, this is we're doing yeah. exactly what we're intended to do, which is let's just talk dude. about your experience in games, right? Like, yeah, we're doing good it. stuff. Um, and I've had yeah, five so, shots, and I'm drinking a beer, so we're just having a good time, you know. Uh oh yeah. So okay, so okay, so when you're on big teams, and you know this, when you're on big teams, um, you get more specialized folks, right? Mm-hmm. So, um. You know, uh, I was very specialized. I mean, I was the guy who made the game, who was shipping the game. Like, if you had something that had to be shipped or if you had to, like, get it in the build, you know what I mean? Like, I was that guy, right? Um, And so uh, I wanted to change and learn other stuff. I wanted to get and learn design and art and wanted to branch out and stop being so, like, continuous development builds and stability and engineering leads focus right um because like all people tell you is that like well that's kind of your thing so mm. like you can't do other stuff because you don't it's, know that it can be easy to get pigeonholed right right Which, yeah there, there's expert and then there's pigeonhole sometimes they're the same thing sometimes you're like i'm doing this thing because i am good at it but it's not necessarily the thing that i would like to be learning to do mm-hmm. that's rough yeah um so yeah we um so i thought i was fishing around pretty hard around the studio for um other opportunities to like grow and learn and do different stuff and i wound up finding out that like um the mobile team was looking for a producer for the nba live mobile product okay which is pretty cool and uh they wanted somebody to come over and um i had to they needed you need to be able to handle uh Putting out features, uh, so basically it was like, if you're familiar with it, for the audience, a sprint, if you're not familiar with it, is like, you set goals for like, usually something like two or three weeks to most teams, and then you go and try to get those things done, and then you see how you did, and then you try to do it again, and you learn from that, and you do it over and over again. That's kind of what a sprint is for the layman. Um, yeah. And so you get something done that's kind of like bigger than any one sprint, right? And... Um, uh, there's lots of different versions of that. The Evergreen Scrum way that I was really interesting on mobile was you can go over there and you could learn how to do release features every two months with, you know, these like 
that were like four sprints each, right? And you had you're moving into live service at that point, right? Which is yeah, a different you're beast. like bigger. Like you get to learn all these cool production processes and um and release stuff faster and do this kind of stuff and learn about the live content treadmill, which is a whole thing. And like so that was really cool. So I took that opportunity, which is really awesome. Um, and so uh, I went uh, over that team, which is awesome. I got to work there for almost two years, I think, um, before I went up going to Magic Leap. But uh, I had to, at the time, uh, live content was shoot for like hardcore shoot from the hip cowboy style game development which is like to explain is like uh no planning you very reactionary and it's very much like the team wanted to do all the overtime possible to get all their work done before <laughs> end of day thursday so that basically they could come in and like kind of just like you know f off lunch on friday right for the weekend right or just not come in or something right um because the way it works is you could like get your content done and load it up right on the server and then a treadmill would just eat every day once it goes forward <laughs> so <laughs> my challenge was i don't want to do that um <laughs> i want to have a life uh and so i, I work is important yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so i work with them to um i taught i learned and taught myself kanban as it applies to the knowledge economy and not the industrial economy which is really important and so for for friends at home um if you've heard of kanban you might have seen it as like columns on a board and uh and you move sticky notes across those columns like to do and progress done that's a very rudimentary idea of that may have also heard of Kanban as something that uh, is actually a Japanese word. Uh, and uh, it comes from a company named uh, uh, Toyota. Hmm. Who founded this idea of a fill line. So the idea is that on their assembly lines, they wanted to make sure that they were not buying too many extra parts for creating the cars. And only just enough so that there's not a bunch of parts lying around that they never use and also that they never had to like stop the assembly line because they ran out of parts mm. um so what's that amount and so on the assembly line each one of the little bins with each of the parts has a line where it says if it gets below this put more in and so uh what they wind up finding out is that like they go through a certain amount in a certain amount of time so that line is actually the bottom of the bin so what you wind up doing is, is that say you always, you fill up the bottom of the bin just in time. Mm. And so it's called just in time. You might've heard that somewhere before, just in time delivery, right? right so you're not right. wasting any effort or time waiting or like the food isn't hot sitting in the, in the, in the heat lamp, right? Waiting to be expedited. Cooks right, right. out of the oven onto your plate. Mm -hmm. um, and the chef's on to the next thing. So that's the idea. And so, uh, now that makes sense when you're making a car. I think that's pretty easy and straightforward to understand, right? Like you don't want to run out of bolts, so you make sure you fill it up in time. Or like, hey, I'm getting low, hit the buzzer, somebody comes over and fills it. I get the idea, right? 
um, and the cars keep coming out the other end. Now, that doesn't. How does that work when you're making NBA Live mobile co content? <laughs> uh, kind of different. Um, <laughs> doesn't we don't have little. I'm making cars. We're making complicated pieces of content that's very unique. So there was a couple of things I had to do with that team, like find out. Uh, like I, I asked, I learned to start asking uh, very basic questions that are very revealing. Like, hey, we make content. Okay. How many different types of content can we make in the game? Mm. And after, just <laughs> as you can imagine, like, 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 you know we don't know that. Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. But it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like one of those questions, right? Um, right. But I mean, it's a big uh, question, right? Like, yeah, like, right. Like, like it's there's a there's a a huge varying set of answers for that, right? Which is why we have to narrow down into what's the right thing to make. Right. Right. Exactly. And what constitutes a content? Right. Right. And so there's just like that level of idea ideation i had to kind of work through and kind of found for the team because it always had just been like they always think about their problems from the ground up like all oh, this little bit of xml is broken or this or that and then it ties it together at some point and then it only ever becomes what they thought it was at the end um that that's an interesting perspective though you said ground up Whereas mm -hmm. I think about which, which from a production or like almost a leadership level, that totally makes sense. But from a worker perspective, it's more of like, it's not ground up as much as like, what is the problem in front of me? What, what am I dealing right. with? What's, what's around me? Right. Right. And so it, it, right. we got to think about the different kind of perspectives of these things, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how it's affecting people individually. That's right. Yeah. And so I think, um, you, you have to have that peripheral sense, right? Uh, in yeah. that way, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, getting the getting the team to uh, step away from, and like, and I think did we talk about WWE last time? But like, that's another example of that was like the WWE team. And I still, I still, when I talked to my friend Jonathan, he's a senior producer over there. He's like, uh, I play games with him on Fridays, but I'm like, I'm still bugging him out. So I'm like, the super, I had this idea of this, like the superstar framework <laughs> of like, uh, like I took the, yeah, yeah. We talked about this last night. I sent you a link for this. They're right. Oh, games yeah. have like a champion framework. Right. And like, it's the same way. Like, cause right now WWE, they think of, okay, well, what's all the pieces that, because we have to be able to support like making a custom player, mm -hmm. it forces develop it forced development to think of things at and things like at a granular way, yeah. which separates this idea of like the superstars that we want to deliver right mm -hmm. as like mm -hmm. a bundle right. And so like you could do either way, right? Um, but you know me me trying to open the eyes to the other way. Of approaching it right i think is uh really interesting uh yeah. so i think wherever you are on your games you know i would encourage anybody to think about your your problem set that way right it's like take a step back and say and try to find places where people are getting too mixed up in like which solution is better or for which reason or and then pull them apart and ask what the goal was really right yeah. Um, 
in those situations. But yeah, so uh, for for teaching the had to teach the team Kanban while proving while teaching myself and also trying to reconcile the difference between how Toyota invented it and how game developers have used it to success on my own. Just like <laughs> you know, challenging. Right. I went up. There was a whiteboard wall in the uh, in the breezeway at Tiburon. Um, uh, I guess the old Tiburon now. And uh, did they move? And it was just like a big whiteboard wall, right? And uh, I wound up basically creating like my own like Sistine Chapel of like research information about the games. Mm-hmm. Like types of content we make, how the team is working, what they're doing, drawing this, getting on a stool, drawing more, printing stuff out, putting it on the wall, figuring stuff out, like research yarn boarding shit. <laughs> I did that for like, I don't know, like six weeks or something. Um, and people would walk by and they would see like, what's just crazy? What's going on? What's going on? You know? Um, <laughs> And it's like a beautiful mind or something, and you know, people would make each other. And it's like I hate I hate that comparison because I don't I, don't, I like I like try to be more humble about that stuff. But I was just like, um, got and I I drawn it all out, and then I got to the point where like, and also I I went around and asked people like, hey, so like what's how many different types of content do you think we make in the game, right? And again, I was asking that question. Uh, so some people would say like, oh, you know, ten. Uh, some people thought they would be sassy and said like, oh, twenty five. Yeah. Right. Um, like, huh, here's my sassy answer for your sassy question, right? And then so, uh, <laughs> so we went, we went back to uh, I got with a tools engineer, uh, Noah, he's a brilliant engineer, and we went and we checked and we found out that there was actually 72 different types of content that we could make in the game. That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> compared to what you think people would expect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, there's always more, right? Um. So in this case, you know, a lot more. And so some things, and the reality is, is that when you work on games for a while, um, even ones that haven't shipped yet, you wind up making things that you don't wind up using, or you wind up making things that don't wind up getting utilized all the way, or yeah. all the way that they were intended, right? Or, And so you wind up having, like, capabilities that go unused in games. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's totally a real thing. And, like, it sucks like that happens right but um it does (laughs) right yeah um and so from there i was able to say well what's the difference between a program and a content and what are the different types of content so i wound up finding out like what are all the steps what's the highest common denominator of steps it takes to make any piece of content across all types of content so i did that work that's what part of all his research took no one had ever done any of this thinking for the team before and that's where I started to find my value in game development is no one ever maybe has the patience or the interest or has ever fought to be that person on a team hard enough and look mm-hmm. for those opportunities and those roles to be that person mm-hmm. like I have to be the person who just like sits and thinks really hard about how we're doing and what we're doing and like has and then like is able to have those reflections with us. Right. That's like my real value on a team. Yeah. Um, like I just caught, I just, I just did that on WoW, and I just caught a feature that I'm owning now, because <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> it is how it works. Up. You're right. Yeah. I was like, hand up. Um, <laughs> man, the 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 easiest way to get some new work is to identify a problem and have a solution for it, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, hey, everybody's like, great point. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> hey, so we do need to solve that. You seem to know the most about that. That's <laughs> just how it goes, you know? yeah. Um, and but this one also, actually I really care about. But but the and what you just described is literally how you make a name for yourself in this industry, right? And how you mm -hmm. continue to become someone that's that's a go to type person because you not only are you finding the things that need solving that no one's talking about yet, but then you're also becoming someone who can help solve a problem no one's thought about yet, right? That mm -hmm. That's immensely valuable in, in an employee. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, that's, that's like, um, you're going to meet people who are, and I, and I found this, you know, I, I didn't expect to find this in games, but there are people who very much just want to clock in and clock out. Yes, there are. Yep. Uh, and they actually don't very much care yeah. about yeah. making a game better or the gamers or the whatever it is. Not, and they make some of the best games that you love and adore. But also not to say that their contributions aren't valuable, right? But there's right. a mindset difference you're talking about, right? Which is, right. I, here, here's what I'm tasked to do. I'm going to do the thing I'm tasked to do. And that's that's what I'm going to do, right? And, right? and the truth is we need those people on every project, right? Because mm -hmm. they're they're doing valuable work. Mm -hmm. but what you were talking about is the whole like what can where where can i add a little extra where where can i show extra right. value where can i show my ability to do something above and beyond mm -hmm. but it's like and expressing yourself too right yep. it's like i think you have to be able to find a way where if you feel better after uh writing a little bit of extra code or doing a little bit of extra art or doing a little bit of extra production or talking with someone or doing it. And like, we're staying a little extra on a business on, on, a, on a call to talk to someone because you wanted to like, that's actually like fine. Mm -hmm. Like that's actually cool. And, and like, look, I'm very much a, like, I would love gay space communism. That's what I want. Right? Like I want the future where nobody has to work. Right. Like that's I, like, that would be great. Right. And we can all just do whatever we want. But like in Star Trek, basically, right? But that's that's not what we have yet, right? So, I think here now, uh, being able to find somewhere where you can express. For me, if I if I can't wake up every day and just like, kind of worry about the game and like express myself that way, mm -hmm. I don't feel good. I don't feel like right. You know what I mean, there's a serious part. If I can't, if whenever I was without a job and I got laid off and I couldn't just log into Jira. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, I can't even explain to you the, like, intense, uh, uncomfortable feeling I had. Something's you know? missing, like, right? I wasn't on a project. Yeah, right? Like, I wasn't missing. on a project. It was like, like, it was so scary, right? Yeah. I, dude, yeah. I 100% understand. And it, you know? it's, there's, and honestly, it's why I came back into game dev full time because that, I was missing that. Mm. I was missing that, like, there, there's so many aspects to what we do that the there's so much creativity. There's so much of your personal input on things. It's a creative outlet, right? Uh -huh. And if I don't have that, I feel like something's missing. And I and I learned yeah. that something was missing, which is why I had to come back doing it full time. I'll come back, right? <laughs> Dude, I, it, it, look, it's been a year. A full, like the twelfth was a year that I that I joined Insomniac. Yeah, it's congrats, which man. is wild. Thank you. But yeah. that whole that it first of all it flew, 
but I I feel like I'm home again. You know what I mean? Like Good. there there was something that was that was missing, right? Like I was doing side projects, I was doing some really cool stuff, which is awesome, but not the same way, right? When you're doing it as yeah. your spare time, it's different than when you're doing it as what you're out to do every day. Yeah, well now you get to you get to get back to some of those like things that you don't realize um you get to miss like, oh, there's the producers that I, you know, I talk to, or there's the meeting I get to right. worry about that. There's a, there's a meeting I get to be upset that I have to go to, right? <laughs> but you know I would I mean? be mad if I didn't have to go to it, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's you know what I mean. It's that, right? It, yeah. The, there's so much of it that's just like you know. It also 21 years in. There, there's right. I'm just accustomed to a lot of stuff too, and I missed it, man. I really it missed is, it a lot. You're kind of well. That's the you're institutionalized yeah video games but also in a way that i've seen a lot of the bullshit and i'm ready yeah. to I, and i'm ready to be a part of the solutions to some of the problems we've had for a long time there's enough of that i feel like happening yeah you know i feel I, for for maybe not every industry is made up of the same amount of people who are you know as equally minded right uh, like yeah. maybe the people who are in banking are not all as equally interested in social justice, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. As, as games, <laughs> right? So maybe we're more than others, right? We're um, we're at least aware and trying for the most part, right. I think, right? You know what I mean? Like I think we're probably more on the one side. Um, but yeah, I I think there's enough of us now that I'm seeing are feeling good about making good positive change together, right? Yeah. And and we have to and and we're doing it and it's I I see the results it's getting better right like I mm -hmm. see that we're we're moving toward doing the right things and a lot of that is a combination of people entering the industry now that are like some of this bullshit like they're not gonna stand for that right like you see all the well do you see all the studios uh, calling out and saying that uh, doing their public messaging about being able to move people for Roe versus Wade uh, oh, yeah 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 from state to state if they need to right they'll cover that yeah of course. But, so and that's that's the kind of I don't stuff know that you we see that happening. every other industry. No, I, I, right? I haven't. I've, I've seen it in a few, but but yeah, it's it's usually most technology type industries that that I'm seeing it in. Right. And if you see, like, there's kind of a lot. There's been a lot of pressure on every single game company that's seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like you keep seeing them half. Right. It's like they have their like their message that they send out. Right. Right. You know? Well, it's becoming expected, as it, sh in my opinion, as it should be, right? Like, it should. I mean, we, it is. if you're going to invest your your as a as a consumer, your time and and energy into something, and you're going to pay for something to enjoy, you'd you'd prefer that the place that you're doing, you know, has the same kind of values that you do, and at least cares about the people that are doing the things that that you're experiencing. Mm. It's true. It sucks because like. You have such little choice in that. Like, like for instance, like, I, <laughs> this is the 11th hour political take, sir. It's like, <laughs> I look at a bottle of Coke and it says, recycle me, be the difference. And I'm like, yeah, great. As if the insane amount of industrial level pollution that you do. Is like, come on. Boy, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a... Uh... We could t we could have a couple episodes on just that, I think. But. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh man, you know, but you know, oh my God, we're actually over time. Yeah, I was gonna say but, I don't want to run you out. No, no, but. no, we're we're good, but we're definitely gonna you and I'll talk after this and and find another time mm -hmm. for you to come back on. This has been awesome, and we, we but we haven't even touched magic leap time. 
So we, we've got, oh we got a lot. We got a lot to get to. So we get sidetracked. So no, no, no. It's not sidetracked. It's we just we just go down rabbit holes that are that are worth you know digging into, and that's that's totally fine. There's no structure here. Like we're just <laughs> we're just having a good time talking and there drinking, no right? Like. <laughs> but I will say, it's rare. I can count on one hand the number of three time guests I've had. So you're about to enter that. Whoa, uh, cool. that, that group as well. So nice. that'd be good. All right, cool. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, man, let's do it. We'll, we'll talk after this and find a time, but for now I'm going to jump off and say my goodbyes, but I appreciate you doing this, man. It's again, great conversation. I appreciate you, man. Likewise. Thank you for having me. It's always yeah. a really nice time. Of course. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Later. Later. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications below. So you'll know when new episodes are ready. If you're interested in the audio version of the podcast, I've got links for that in the show notes for you. And if you want to join us live and get your own questions answered, we're at twitch.tv forward slash Jameson Doral every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Have a good week and we'll see you soon. The industry is so different now, right? And and yeah. especially navigating it as early in the career, because like when I went through this, it was it was kind of it was like very wild west. Like there was no like true path to do anything. And there was only two schools that even taught games. Now right everybody has a game program right so it's almost expected that you have some kind of game degree or you spend a whole bunch of time in some kind you know in an editor you've built a bunch of stuff to prove your skill like i had no opportunity to do that either so it's just very different and i love hearing a lot about that that newer journey yeah yeah no definitely um i guess i, I don't know how different it is but it is definitely it's 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 weird for me because like i i also had like a career switch too